Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hi, this is Brian, and we're back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Looks like the lines are full, so we'll get right to them. As one's gone, one will be open. And that means it's available for you to call. The number to call is 602-277-5827. Michael and Scottsdale, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Hey, question for you today is, uh, I've got about a dozen sage, yellow bells, and lantana that I want to plant and Say it looks like a great day to get out and do it, but I want to put down pre-emergent in the area that I'm going to plant these plants. Mm-hmm. Is that going to affect if I put the pre-emergent down today? Can I still dig the holes and get them in there? Well, what I would do, Michael, is I would plant first and then water the plants, leave them for a couple of days, and then put the pre-emergent down. Uh, pre-emergent works by just building a bond right there with the soil, only like in the top half inch or so. It keeps the weed seeds from germinating. And if you go out and penetrate it by digging another hole, you can spread more seed and have the weeds come up around the new plants. So uh, I would put the plants in first, leave them for probably two, three days, water them in well, and then put down the pre-emergent. Okay. Okay. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Susan in Sin City. Hi, Susan. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. I have a question about my fan calm. I treated it with Monterey Disease Control for your advice. And I just wanted to know, is one treatment enough? How do I know that it works? You know, it should be. um, So you're having a fungus problem. You had some spotting on the leaves or something. Or why were we treating it? Yeah, they were all drooping and no growth, almost no growth coming out of the top. So, yeah, treating treating it once should be fine. Have you fertilized it? Yes. Okay, perfect. Then it should be all set. And just just watch for it to see if make sure it uh, you know comes out well next next spring and then the summer. It's got about three or four weeks to grow, so that's why I want to make sure we fertilize it right now. And after that, it's fairly dormant all the way till March, so it's not going to change much from that point on. So whatever you can do to feed it and get it to kick in right now is good. Okay, can I ask you one more question? Absolutely. There's a plant that I've never heard people calling in about. I was told it was a a bird of paradise, uh-huh. but it's something Gillespie. Gillespie, like, yeah. Big, big yellow flowers. Right, it's the old school bird of paradise. Before we had the Mexicanas, and before we had the you know the, the the red birds that we have now, and the yellow birds. That was the original one that was grown here, you know, back in the fifties and sixties, and uh, can make a really pretty tree. And it's you know it goes up to about twelve or fifteen feet, or you can prune it back it's and keep it to the Fantastic but flower. For the blo- Pardon. What is the season for the the blooming? Through the summer. So it usually blooms. Yeah, it can bloom all summer long. So is it too late to to prune it now? When should I be doing that? Well, you, you can prune it any time. It won't generate any, you know, much new foliage. It might for a little, you know, next few weeks. But it's it's more of a, you know, one that's going to grow far more with the heat. So if you prune it now, it's going to look pruned, you know, all winter long. So what I would do is just leave it for now, and then I would come cut it back uh, early spring, just before it really starts to grow again. And they grow the best when it's hot. I mean, it, it's one of those plants that really enjoys 100 degrees. 
Okay, that's why I have it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Susan. <laughs> bye bye. Uh, Earl in North Phoenix. Good morning, Earl. Hey, Brian, thanks for taking my call. Just got a quick question about my citrus trees, actually. Um, nothing bad. Actually, they're growing really well. But what I'm seeing is that, um, especially on my tangelo trees, it looks like I'm getting some sort of bugs that are eating all the new growth. And uh, all my brand new little leaves that are coming out are just being eaten alive. I've noticed that there's been some butterflies hanging around the trees. So um, you think that could be what's happening? Or well, there are, there are some that? caterpillars that you could find feeding. On it. If you look around and you see one that's large and gray, um, that particular caterpillar will feed on the new growth. Is it a real young tree? Um, well, maybe about three or four years, yeah. So like six foot so by six foot or so? Exactly, yes. It's, so um, I mean, it's growing great. I'm getting a lot of new growth. It's just as I look at the new growth, it's all getting eaten up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, okay, so if you look around, you'll see, you might see a big caterpillar, almost as fat as your finger, about an inch and a half long. And we call it a turkey turd caterpillar, but it, it looks like it's a turkey dropping on your tree. And, uh, you know, and they do feed on citrus, and they're common here in citrus, and, and probably more so this year because we've had a decent monsoon. But... Um, while, you know, they do feed on the citrus trees, they make a beautiful butterfly as well. So if you don't mind giving up a little bit of foliage, it'll cycle and go right through it. And if it's really a problem for you, you can look around your tree and find them and put them on a neighbor's tree or you can murder them. Okay. All right. If you it's see, just, if um, you see that it's big grasshoppers though. And the grass. No, no, no. They're, what I have seen is smaller little, 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 little gnats or whatever that's eating the leaves. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything big. It's more small little things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, typically with our citrus orchards, you know, we uh, we grow them certified organic. So we only treat once a year, and we treat them once a year in the spring, just so we don't have scarred up fruit with an organic uh, certified chemical called spinosad. Um, but realistically, uh, there's not much reason to spray citrus as long as they're healthy and growing well. And they'll grow through all these other things that happen. And, you know, there's a lot of really good predators, too, that if we're not spraying that we'll have here in our valley that We'll feed on our, our, you know, bad bugs and kind of balance things out. So we really don't worry about spraying citrus much here at all, um, except for we do it once a year for the fruit quality. You know, at home, we never would ever spray it. My grandparents' grove, we never sprayed because all it does is have a scar in the rind of the fruit. Aside from that, the fruit's quality is still excellent. Okay, great, great. Thanks for your thanks, information. Thanks I'll, for uh, I'll just keep looking at it and, and see where it goes. <laughs> well, it'll, 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 grow, it'll grow out through it. I mean, it'll, it'll keep growing. You know, on, on a young tree, okay. sometimes you, you might want to spray. But if you did, the product would be spinicide. Or if you see that it's caterpillars or if it's um, going to be grasshoppers, you could use BT, which is Bacillus thungensis, which is very effective on those guys. All right. Wonderful. Thank Thanks you for the information. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Chuck and then Don, but we've got three lines available again. The number to call 602-260. Oh, no, no, no. 277-5827. That was somewhere else, that 260 number. Hi, Chuck. <laughs> Hi, Brian. How are you? Great. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. Your name came up to me in, a, in the late 60s and 70s. Our family had a little nursery in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and they, they kept talking about Whitfield. So when I moved out here, that's where I went. I have a question about the um, lime tree that I have, and it's the key lime tree. Mm -hmm. We call it the Mexican lime. Sure. Um, 
for many years, it just put off more limes than we could handle. Uh, but three things is, do they have a lifespan? Uh, they do. Now, the, the Mexican lime or the key lime, the small one, it can live 20, 30, or 40 years. Uh, the bear's lime, the larger lime here, usually lives five to seven. Oh, is that right? No, this is a little one. Okay. And it, it might have been that long. I bought it way back, probably 30, 35 years ago. Grew it in a barrel for a while and put it in the ground. Okay, secondly, uh, in the last, uh, I'm going to say four years, three years, it started putting out a few great, big, gnarly, gnarly, um, pieces of fruit, yeah. and they're perfectly round. Almost some of them, almost the size of a small softball. What that is, Chuck, is that's a Volca Mariana rootstock. So that's the rootstock that that tree was grown on. So you want to trace those big branches back down to the ground and cut those off. Wow. And it didn't start happening until three or four years ago. Well, yeah, they just started fruiting. You know, those big uh, rootstocks on the Volca Mariana doesn't fruit very much, and it has a really large fruit. So just track those branches back down to the ground and cut those off. I got a question for you, though. In Las Cruces, was it the Richardsons you guys were friends with? Yes, that's that's my family. Oh, really? Okay, quick question. How's Lewis doing? Willis. Lewis. Herschel. There was Herschel. Yeah. And then he, he had sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, Lewis uh, is a son. Oh, Lewis. I thought you said Willis. Yeah, no. Lewis is doing all right. Married to my sister. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they they were always great friends. And, uh, you know, we used to get a lot of pecan trees from them. That, that's right. They were pretty good at that. They were and real they, good They at don't that. own the nursery anymore, but they still live there. Yeah, and, uh, they've got the house there on the corner. And, yeah, uh, good to good. And, and there was quite a few that. trees. That, oh, there was quite a few trees that they came up with, you know. The Bonita Ash was one of theirs. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, right. No, the Richardsons were, you know, they go back to whenever I was young with my grandfather. And, no uh, kidding. Yeah, my grandfather was born in... Uh, he was born around, well, I actually was born in Willow Pond, but my grandmother was from Happy, Texas, and we used to go to Roswell in the summertime, so we always went by and visited the Richardsons. So, well, they, they had a great program going for a while. They had some real good grafters uh, for the pecan trees. Oh, for sure. And, you know, and they, they did the containerized thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, Unfortunately, they sold up, to a I really large it. chain that, kind of <laughs> that caused a lot of problems for them. And uh, it was sad yeah. to see. But, they're you know, they're great friends. And, uh, they, hey, thanks for calling. I'm going to get some more calls here. But uh, I appreciate One more that. question. Yeah. When I, uh, I used to fertilize this tree. Uh, Jim Baker, God mm-hmm. rest his soul, you know, he put out what's called a Baker's Blend, but I never knew what was in it. He's gone now. So yeah, do you think Jim knew? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> He, he would put out a sign on the on the sidewalk about three times a year, time to fertilize. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do I use now? Well, that Organo Pro Citrus food that we're selling right now is the exact. Well, it's pretty close actually. They they've changed the formula a little bit from the guys that set that up. But that was Mister Baker and some of the other guys around town. They went around and asked what the, it would make the best citrus fertilizer, and they kind of blended that for local. And then well, are Baker you saying, would call oh, it yeah, I'm sorry, are you saying Organo Grow? Organo Pro, yeah. 
Oh, old Gamma Pro. Yeah. I'll pick some up. All righty. And I heard, I heard, I heard you tell somebody earlier that I, I, I need to uh, fertilize it now, and then not again until spring. Yeah. Well, you, you know, kind of ideally you would have fertilized them a month ago, but it doesn't hurt to feed right now because we've got another month of growth, and then that's so. Now is the very last time you want to fertilize something like a citrus. Thank you so much. Hey, it's John. Nice, nice talking, talking with you. you. You as well. Alrighty. Thank Bye-bye. you. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Dawn and Chad. Then it could be you. The number to call 602 277 5827 Sunday morning. We do have a couple lines available. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Oh, let's see here. Next up, we've got uh, Don in Phoenix. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Great. How are you? Oh, good. I have two mature evergreen trees in our backyard. Uh, we moved um, to this house probably a little bit over a year ago. And I listen to your show all the time and how you you say to protect the citrus trees with lower branches, but these evergreens that my neighbor said is um, juniper, mm-hmm. they have these soft branches that are now growing from the ground along the trunk up. Do I need to trim all those so that it's bare? Um, well, it's, it's a, well, a juniper I, could be a juniper of some type. Um, I really would probably want to see what it is. It's not like a pine. No. Okay. The, the needles are very short, mm-hmm. and the branches are very soft. Okay. And the trunk isn't like one big, fat trunk like okay. an oak tree. Uh-huh. It has like um, several um, thinner trunks. Don, is it kind of cone-shaped, the overall plant? Yes. Okay, so it's, what it's it probably is, tree. it's huge. probably an old arborvita. And arborvitaes are very hardy here and can get quite large. And um, with age, they'll have enough wood under there. You don't have to leave the foliage. If you want to raise the foliage up some on an arborvita, you can. Oh, okay. Okay, so if you want to prune it up a little higher, you could do that. Okay. Well, thank you. They are beautiful, and I don't want to ruin them. So well, they're very, very hardy plants. I mean, truthfully, arborvitaes are one of the hardiest, and you know they'll thrive on water here. You know, once every two weeks to once a month, depending on your soil in the summertime, and almost no water in the winter at all. 
Oh, great. Okay. Thanks, well, thank Don. you. Bye-bye. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Okay. Uh, Chad in the Santana Valley. Hello, Chad. Hi, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. How are you today? Excellent. Thanks for asking. All right, good. So uh, my wife and I recently moved into a new house in Santana Valley, and we have a third of an acre of land in the backyard. So we want to do quite a bit of gardening. I'm a relative novice, and my wife has done it quite a bit more. But we started up a, kind of a competition and <laughs> things that can develop artichokes from a seed to produce. Okay. And I want to try to get an advantage and get some tips and tricks from you on that. You know, I've never actually grown artichokes from seed chat, so I'm not your man. But I, I tell you who I would cheat with, I would call the uh, University of Arizona Cooperative Extension Service because I'm sure they've got some master gardeners with quite a lot of experience. Artichokes can grow very well here, and you'll have a lot of fun growing them. But I don't have the experience so that you can win. So if winning's important to you, now win, winning, you know, it comes in all different kinds of things when you win, you know. You, you, know, yeah. you, you know what Coach Fish said down at the U of A after his thing last night? Coach said that, uh, you know, you can win or you can learn. And, and so, so, so obviously right. the U of A learned a lot. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I usually learn the hard way through trial and error. But those are the things that we remember, the lessons we remember, the ones we learn the hard way. But I just don't have the experience, so I, I would reach out to the extension service, and I think they have somebody there, a master gardener, that can give you a lot more knowledge than I can. Sure, I appreciate the honesty, and the main goal is just to have fun and enjoy it. Well, it always Thanks. is. Thanks, Chad. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, sometimes it's not as fun to enjoy when you lose. So, Anyway, uh, next up, we've got Keith, Jerry, and then it could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Okay, I transplanted a citrus, um, orange citrus tree about six months ago. It was blooming then. Mm-hmm. It How can I tell if it's dead? Because I've watered it, and all the branches are just um, brittle. There's no new foliage on it. Well, if it's um, been six months, uh, Keith, I think it's time to punt. Okay. You know, if it's if it's not put out any new buds, um, you know, it's it's probably not going to make it. Okay. So there's nothing I can really do with it. Well, yeah, it's, it's if it's got no life, you know, no, no life in it, you know, it's 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 goner. Okay. All righty. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Jerry and Surprise. After Jerry, we've got three open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Good morning, Jerry. Hi. Brian, I've got a Swan Hill olive in my backyard. It's about probably 20 feet high. 18 feet wide. I'd like to cut it back half of the way. Uh-huh. Uh, how much would you suggest to cut back without killing it? You know, olives are wonderful. You know, you can prune an olive in more different forms and directions than almost any other kind of plant. And the reality is olives can live for a thousand years or more. So all kinds of pruning and manipulation can be done. We used to sell a lot of bonsai ones, Jerry, back in the, uh, you know, in the 70s and 80s that were trimmed like a poodle and bonsai manicured. Yeah. And that was very popular. So you can prune an olive any way you want to. The one thing with the Swan Hill olive is they're grafted. They have an oblonga rootstock on the bottom. So you'll just be want to be mindful that you want to really not let any branches grow up on the bottom six or eight inches or so. But aside from that, prune it however you want. 
Okay, one more question. I've got uh, about four or five pots uh, in my backyard with um, vincas in them. Mm-hmm. They're probably about eight to ten inches deep, and some of them keep turning yellow. And I've got a couple pots that are just beautiful, you know, nice and green, and a lot of flowers on them. Uh, I, uh, how how often would you suggest to water them? Uh, I, right now, I water them every day for about five minutes. That's probably too much, Jerry. Uh, vincas actually kind of like to be on the dry side, you know, and they're they're a hardy plant. And they can be a perennial with the vincas. I mean, you can keep them for two or three years if you want to. Yeah, I've had them, uh, uh, you know, grow all all winter long, mm-hmm. and. Uh, just be great, and all of a sudden, maybe I'm giving them too much water. I, th- I think, think you're. That's... I think you're definitely giving them too much water. You can let okay. them get dry in between irrigations, and yeah, after you dry I'll them out for a little while, day. go ahead and well, maybe less than that. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. How, how large are the containers, Jerry? How big in diameter? They're, they're probably about eight to ten inches deep, and probably oh, I don't know, uh, maybe. Uh, Two feet wide. Oh, so they're pretty good size. I, I would think, and the Vincas are moderate size in those containers, I think probably twice a week would be enough. Oh, yeah? You're, you're just going to have to check and see. But, you you know, oh. and they're, and they're going to generate more root growth when they get drier. And the problem with Vinca is sometimes they get fungus like Phytophthora. They don't have it or they'd be dead. But I think you do need to back off on the water. Okay, Brian. Thanks for your information. Thanks, Jerry. Bye-bye. Elaine in Sun City West. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent. And you? No. Great. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, you mentioned that you would like to hear some new ideas on different things. Uh And uh, my husband and I have been doing this for quite a while now. Uh, We put uh, like like a five-gallon pail in the shower, and we just let the water run into the pail until it gets uh, warm enough to take a shower. That way, all this good water doesn't go down into the sewer. And another thing we've done is um, I have a, a gallon jug underneath my sink. Mm-hmm. Whenever I need the water uh, to, to get it warm for the dishwasher, I always put it in the gallon jug. But in, in both instances, we just take the water outside and put it on plants or house plants or whatever. That way, the water doesn't go to waste. Well, it's an excellent idea. You know, this the time it takes, especially if your hot water tank is very far away, you can get a lot of water in that shower. So, hey, it all it all works. And the more we work together as a team, how we utilize and manage our water. I mean, it's not we have this finite commodity of water that does get replenished, but you really utilizing it the way you do makes a lot of sense to me, Lane. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, and it looks like uh, Susan Monday snuck in again. So it's time for the news with Susan Monday. We'll be right back after the news. In the meantime, we do have two lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. We're going to come back with James, Dominic, Kyle, and then it could be you in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. I stretch from time to time What you see is an old school board I see gold for it on fourth Yeah, it's just a game But small town fame still buys me dear more What I see 
Well, welcome back, folks, to this beautiful Sunday morning. That was uh, Shira's song of the week, and we'll be here. Let's see who we have next. Thorin Goth, James, Dominic, Kyle, and then it could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827. Good morning, James. Good morning. How are you doing, Brian? Great, sir. Thank you for taking my call. I just got some questions on grafting. Uh-huh. Um, got a lemon tree that's doing real well. Can I graft like an Oro Blanco onto the lemon tree? Uh, you won't probably get very good quality Oro Blancos. And the reason why is most lemon trees are going to be grown on a lemon type of a rootstock. And that uh, mm-hmm. could be Macrophylla or it could be Voca Mariana. And the quality for an Oro Blanco, it needs to be grown on a sweet rootstock like a sour orange rootstock or Carrizo. So you could you can graft a red grapefruit onto it, but Oro Blancos really need to be on an orange rootstock. How about an a orange like a Caracara or a Navel? Can you graft those? No, lemons, see, you're, no? you're going the wrong direction. See, if you had the if you had the Navel or Caracara, or, or, you can graft a lemon onto anything, and it'll be fine. So, so what you're going to look for is if you're so if you're looking for something like that, what I would recommend to you is a Mineola Tangelo. Okay, and that'll graft on there just fine. Or you could grow a Tango Mandarin, which is like a one of like the cuties kind of a little bit bigger that you can grow here. And those will work yeah. on a lemon rootstock. Oh, okay. Okay, now the time to be Probably. budding or grafting is, is going to typically be in the spring summer. Okay. Yeah, so you have to have the tree actively growing to put the buds in. What my grandfather used to do is he used to put the buds in and slide them the opposite direction. So if you follow the same as the budding course this time of year as you would do, but you slide the bud up instead of sliding the bud down and then leave the bud in there, let it heal over for the winter time, and then come back and cut it off in the spring when the new growth comes out, uh, it certainly can be done that way. I see. What size diameter of branch is the best to graft onto? Well, you want to butt into something. This is a T-bud, is what we call it. But when we're going to butt into something, we're going to butt into something that's actively growing. So it's going to have slipping soft bark. Okay, and so you could take a razor blade knife and just make a vertical cut. And if it just folds over real easy, which it might do right now because trees are pretty actively growing. And then if you took your butt and you pushed it up instead of pushing it down and just taped it and where we would normally break the branch at the end after we butted it, just leave the bud in intact. If the bud will heal up into that branch, then in the spring, you can cut the branch off and that bud will pop out and you grow a new bud. I see. Very good. What time is the best time of year to, like, uh, severely trim back an Oro Blanco? Well, if you want to prune back citrus trees and major pruning, the best time to do it is just before they start to grow in the spring. So ideally it would be, uh, you know, like an Oro Blanco, which is pretty frost-hardy, would be the first or second week of February. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, James. Bye-bye. You have a good day. Thank you. Uh, Dominic in Sacatone. Hello, Dominic. Yeah, um, uh, first of all, vegetable vegetable growing is trial and error. <laughs> um, year number two. Year number two, and our problem is, I think it's called tipping out. Our squash and our cucumbers will grow three, four inches, and the tip will go black, and that's it. Is that a soil issue that's, or a water that, issue? That, sound, that sounds more like a soil issue to me. Um, you know, everything when it germinates, Dominic, it first comes up. Every, every seed pops, you know, pretty happy. But after that, if you're having a problem with something dying, like the tip right away, it's usually you're going to have sometimes too much salt in the soil. 
Okay, and it can be kind of salty and it'll turn black and kind of die back, or it can be from a fungus. They'll root out and then they'll get past the seed phase, and the fungus can bother you know borrow hurt them too. Yeah, because there's again trial and error. One year they didn't get good. One year they'll do good, uh, but they'll, the the plant will look healthy, but the fruit that comes out, the vegetables, it just seems to be. It keeps happening. It tip out. So it's probably the soil. Well, and I, and I think you know what you probably you could do, Dominic. You probably uh, could be the soil, but um, if you're, are, are you on the reservation there in Sacaton? Yeah, yeah, but I've mixed my soil. I've got potting soil, uh-huh. uh, manure, well, mulch. You know, we're trying combination again, trial and error. Yeah, well, the basic and, uh, soil there in Sacaton's, you know, the basic stuff's pretty good. Um, so anyway, I would I would check in with the uh, Cooperative Extension Service, Maricopa County Cooperative Extension Service, and you could probably find some. And there's, there's an agent too. You might catch the guys out of Casa Grande, and there's an agent there in Casa Grande, and she'll have a lot of local knowledge, and um, she would be the best one to be in contact with. Okay. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. Take a, a sample of soil somewhere. Or well, you know, they have stuff over there at the, the University of Arizona in Maricopa, but the agent's based in Casa Grande. But they'll even, you know, the, the extension agents will even come out and look at your problems. I mean, that's what they're there for. Um, so the Maricopa County yeah, Extension Office, you know, they've got extension agents, and that one there in Pinal County, um, she, you know, she, she's going to do some more experiments now over at the research farm at the Mac Farm, they call it, in Maricopa. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, She'll have a lot of knowledge and a lot more than I would, you know, especially for right there. And, uh, you know, yeah, areas in your soil. And, well, you know. and the thing about it is okay. that area has been farmed so long, you know, just a few thousand years that um, there's a and lot of, there's a lot of knowledge in that area. Yeah, that's exactly where we're at. We took over a portion of uh, farm area and built a home and everything. And now we're trying to plant and kind of what we're afraid of, you know, whatever they were using in the soil and that field there. Well, and it probably might not be anything that was in the soil the field. It might just be a better way to care for it. So I, I would go ahead and reach out to her. It's the University of Arizona okay. Cooperative Extension Service, and she's based out of Casa Grande. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Dominic. Bye-bye. Uh, Kyle and Superior. Good morning, Kyle. Hey, good morning, Brian. Um, We're having fun today, Kyle. Our- We're bouncing all around the state. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would bring up University of Arizona, but I think the Devils are in worse shape than they are. <laughs> well, no, the Devils did great yesterday. And poor Coach yeah. Fish was last night. He, I'll tell you what, I, I just watched his uh, his review, you know, this morning. And, uh, you know, a loss <laughs> is always humbling. But uh, I, I was I was proud of him to say that you know you you win or you learn and it's exactly right it comes the same whether you're cooking you're gardening or you're playing football. <laughs> That's such a good line, um, Brian. So I found a Arizona unicorn, um, a fully mature avocado tree just loaded with avocados. Uh-huh. Um, what would be the best plan of attack for growing it from cuttings? Or you just um, answered that gentleman's call about grafting. That was 
would grafting be better than absolutely yeah no you you can absolutely graft avocados and they're grafted they're not budded typically i mean it's a graft that usually goes in the top of the tree and it's the same Uh thing though it's usually going to be done in the spring so if you wanted to you could start your own avocado from seed i don't know if your seedling would be as you know it would probably be better to grow it from seed than to try it from a cutting but uh i don't have a lot of experience you know budding avocados but i've got Mm -hmm. friends in california that do but if you've got one somewhere that you see and that's producing really well, that's that's a, that's a really good thing because there's not many like that. Shoot, Brian, this one is between thirty and forty feet high. Is, um, it, is it up in Superior, I, Kyle? Yes, it is. Really? You, yeah, you, you, you better uh, not give the address because you might have people I'm in there. Not, trying. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not because trust me, this is. I've seen fully, I've seen mature avocado trees in California unloaded, and this is the first time I've seen one in Arizona with avocados on it. Mm-hmm. I've seen quite a few with yeah. avocados, but out of the percentage that are planted, you know, it's, it's pretty rare. Like you say, it's the Perfect. unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Arizona unicorn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, and you have a great weekend. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, keep us posted. Let us know how you do with it. I'll send you some pictures. All right, perfect. Yeah, just send them to the website. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Kyle. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up we have uh, Ifri in Glendale. Good morning. Oh, let's see. If you're listening and you're in Glendale, you're on the air. And if not, I'm going to put you on hold. And I'm going to go to Jeff in Apache Junction. Okay. Hi, Jeff. Hey, um, I have a dwarf orange tree, mm-hmm. and I heard you talking a little bit about grass. I just cu- turned on the, the radio when you were at the tail end. Okay. Um, it's about four years old, and it buds every year, but I don't get one orange on it. Is it in the sun, Jeff? Direct sunlight. Okay. And it blooms pretty well? And it blooms great. Okay. And how much? Uh, how large is the tree? It's about uh, about three feet tall. Okay, um, you know it might just be just kind of its age. I mean, that's just is it. How large in diameter is the trunk? Um, I'm going to say about a inch and a half. Oh, so it's a pretty good sized tree. Um, yeah, yeah, it's five years old. Okay, four to five years old. One little trick we used to do with navels. Okay, and we did this. Um, you know, back with my grandfather a long time ago, is we would take the, the, the cambium layer, okay, the bark around the tree, okay? Yeah. And not this time of year, but in January when the tree's dormant, go a third of the way around the tree, okay, and cut the bark. And what you want to do is you want to make a cut in the bark about, oh, say an eighth of an inch wide, and just take a patch of the bark off, like one third of the way around the tree. And you would do okay. that with like a razor blade knife. So just cut this little strip of bark out. Okay, on one third of the tree and and do that, you know, like in January and see if it doesn't set fruit for you better that way. It's called girdling and it's a girdling process and it's been used with fruit trees for thousands of years. But sometimes that'll keep them from pushing fruit off in the bloom cycle. Okay, because, yeah, it gets plenty of buds, but it's never produced one anything. Well, give it a try Um, and see how it works for you. 
Okay. No well, promises. the leaves are all kind of wrinkly on it. Well, wrinkly leaves are caused by a little insect called thrip. So when the new growth comes out, this little insect gets in there and it scars the growth and it causes them to curl. Now, the natural enemy and the one that devours the thrip are lacewings. And lacewings are the little green dragonflies. You might have seen those flying around real small. And yeah. uh, their larva is like a little alligator and it comes in and eats the thrip. So... You know, if you wanted to, because you just have one tree, you can even buy lacewings eggs, you know, on the Internet. And you can put little tabs out there, and the little tabs will hatch out. You put them out right in the spring when your citrus is getting ready to bloom, and the little tab and, and grow, like in March. And you put these little tabs on there, and they'll hatch out, and the little alligators or the little larva from the thrip, for the lacewings, will go out and eat the thrip. Okay, and and plus the leaves are like yellowish on it. Well, yellowish can be a sign of too much water, or on the interior, the old old leaves will become yellow anyway. Uh, it's in the ground, Jeff. The tree, yes. Okay, and how often do you fertilize? Um, not very often. Okay, and how, maybe two, two, three, maybe twice a year. Okay, and how do you water it? Water it, I um. I deep water it. I uh, once a week. I okay. leave a hose on drip for a few hours. Okay, that's that. That sounds good. In the winter time, you want to cut back in the water. Okay, so okay. after about the fifteenth of November, go to once every two weeks. So don't keep it wet okay. in the winter time. That's going to keep it more yellow. And if your soil's clay enough and heavy enough, and it's staying wet at the end of a week, then leave it on a two week cycle. So don't change the cycle. In other words, until you see the ground drying out, you know, at the end of a week, where you could dig down by the trunk and the ground would be dry the top two or three inches. Okay. Could I graft something onto this tree to get stuff to grow on it? Oh, you can. I mean, if you wanted to bud something on it that would be really reliable, you could bud like a Meyer lemon onto it. Uh, the time to bud the Meyer lemon is going to be like next year in May. And you could just bud some Meyer lemons onto it. And they're going to be prolific and they're going to bear probably more than most oranges will. Where where would I get those? Uh, we'll, we'll be happy to give you the buds at our Gilbert Nursery, uh, you know, in season. Okay. So you'd want to come when the tree's actively growing. And usually that's going to be like the end of April, May, June, you know, is even still fine. And when it's really actively growing, we'll actually do a grafting class. I do them every year in the spring. And we'll announce okay. it on the show. Or you can call the nursery and check when the grafting class is going to be. And uh, okay. we, we do those at all the nurseries. And uh, we have a lot of fun with that. Okay, you're right there off of um, Cooper and Guadalupe or Stapley and Guadalupe, yeah, Yeah. right on the railroad tracks. Right there. Okay. Thanks, Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Uh, We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we've got three open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. But a song we sing Fears that we will die You can make the mountains ring Or make the angels cry Though the good is on the wing And you may not know why Smile. 
Take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. At Whitfields, we grow trees. Starting with my grandparents here back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have beautiful geraniums in stock right now and some great rose bushes. But whatever your dream is for the perfect garden, now's the time to plant it. And at Whitfields, we're loaded with the season's big harvest of all kinds of beautiful trees from our farms here in the valley and from the ones up in Taylor, northern Arizona, and the ones down in Pinell County and all our palm trees and things that come from Yuma County. We grow a lot of trees right here in Arizona. No jobs too big, none's too small. If you need one tree for your backyard or a thousand for your development, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 264070 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. We've been growing trees here for a long time, having a lot of fun. No jobs too big, none's too small. Come out and see us. We're open Monday through Saturday, 8 to 5.30, Sundays, 10 to 4.00. For Whitfield Nurseries for four generations growing trees here for Arizona's future. Uh, Ifri and Glendale, good morning. Yeah, Israel. Israel. Okay, that's an easy name. <laughs> hey, hey, and Shira yeah. speaks Hebrew too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were trying to figure out your name, but I like that. I've got I F R I E. So. <laughs> uh, well, a- a- anyway, uh, uh, I listen to the show twice a week, uh-huh. and uh, I really enjoy it. I mean, you, know, you make my end of the week. But anyway, I have a Pella Verde that the wind did a job on it. It knocked, uh, well, it uh, sheared a couple of limbs, a couple of three limbs mm-hmm. off of it, and I only have one left. Okay. I was wondering if... Uh, Leave that limb on, or uh, is that tree done for? No, the tree's not done for, Israel. It'll come back out. Um, Here's the thing is you kind of want to kind of balance it out. You can just butcher it right now. Now, it's only got to grow right now about another three weeks, okay? And then it's not going to be hot enough for it to grow. So if it looks better untrimmed, you could leave it untrimmed and trim it in the spring when it's going to grow again, like the 1st of April. Or you can prune it now, but it's not going to hurt it either way. If you're making a major prune on it, like if you're taking off, you know, cutting off a six or eight inch limb, you might want to go ahead and seal that up with the black tree heel. That's the tar kind of stuff that comes in a little can you put on with like a spatula. Go ahead and seal it up and prune it back. But it may or may not pop many buds this fall still because it's getting cooler. Uh, if you are going to prune it back, do it today. Don't let it wait. And uh, But it will come back in the spring anyway. 
Okay, well, well the uh, the uh, limb shirt almost at the fork, you know, so mm-hmm. I only almost have the uh, stump left. So, well, I mean, you, you can know, you can I, take it to the stump. It'll come back faster if you let it rebud on the other side first now. And if you're not worried okay. about the other side breaking, just leave it alone, let it look kind of odd, and then come back as soon as it starts to grow in the spring, which is about the 1st of April, mid-March, when it really starts to grow. Then come back and prune the other side back and balance it. And by the end of May or June, it'll look like a tree again. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. Thanks, Enjoy Israel. Your show. Yeah, you as well. Bye bye. I, I love your name, though, Israel, because it was funny because we were having, we couldn't figure out. <laughs> I, I, I've never <laughs> seen IFRIE before. Now, now, I, now you're going to let me tease Shira for, for life. She's in trouble. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh but, but by the way, uh, uh, we had a friend in common, uh, Bud Hart. Oh, you yeah. Know, he always used to talk a lot about you. I mean, you know. Well, just, Bud Hart was a wonderful neighbor, you know, and, and he was iconic there in our neighborhood in South Phoenix. And, uh, you yeah. know, his son still lives there and things. And uh, Oh, yeah, Bill. Yeah, I, I yeah. know him well. Yeah. But it, it was fun, okay. you know, seeing how he used to, you know, he's the only guy, he was the last guy riding a horse in South Phoenix. We had all those bridal all right. trails that we had, and, and Bud would always get on his horse and go out and visit the hood. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, what a guy. Okay, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Israel. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Oh, let's see, next up we've got Dennis at Apache Junction. But, Dennis, it looks like we're kind of running out of time here, so I'm going to take you off the air. Appreciate all the calls today, folks, and I don't think I can say many things better than a poor coach who, who's living with his athletes and uh, to try and have these other men come out and be really responsible. And, you know, no matter what we do in life, when we have our failures, we can learn by those more than we can our successes. And uh, if we're not winning, you know, hopefully we are learning. But hopefully, most importantly, we learn to love each other and work together. That's how we'll always win as a team. We'll be back with you next uh, Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Come out and see us in the nursery. we got beautiful stock this time of year.